Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Universal clears the way for a third theme park. Disney files patents for interactive hotel rooms. And the yearly ritual of the free dining watch is upon us yet again. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire coming up next. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 988 for the week of April 17th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Charles Boda. Hello. Steve Porter. Hello. Kathy Whirling. Hi, everybody. Julie Martin. Hi, y'all. And back in the production nook, our associate producer, Rhino Clavin. Hello. And our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. Well, it is great to be back after what seems like... Christmas break? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's been, uh, you know, we did have shows go up mm-hmm. while we were away, but uh, last week we had uh, weather issues. We were having ground strikes, and... It was bad. When, yeah. we can, when we have weather like that, we cannot... I can't have people on equipment, so we were not able to do the show. Um, but uh, it is good to be back. Uh, although it was wonderful to spend, what was it like, two and a half weeks in Italy? Mm-hmm. Um, that was an amazing, an amazing trip, which we will be talking about in future Dreams Unlimited travel shows, I believe. Uh, yes, I don't know. If we set the date to record that, but no, we've got a lot to talk about from those trips. So, um, but it is good to be back. Um, I just want to make a couple of uh, notes in housekeeping. Uh, John and Kevin are not with us today because they got delayed in New York City. They were up in New York and uh, were supposed to be home, but Kevin got sick. So they decided to delay a day. And then when they were going to come home yesterday uh, because of weather, their flight was delayed. So they are coming home today. So uh, good thoughts out to Kevin. Hope he feels better. And also want to congratulate Sean Falk on becoming the newest uh, member of the Dreams team. He's uh, joined uh, Dreams as an agent. He's in training. So we've had to change his schedule around, so you may not see him on the best and worst and the dining shows uh, for the time being, but uh, he will be back on them in due course. But uh, just everybody, good thoughts and congratulations out to Sean. Um, Outside of that, other than just, you know, heading out to com to check out our shows. Do we have anything else in housekeeping? I have a little something. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Jess, who works at Trader Joe's. Thank you for saying hello. And you sca- almost scared a bottle of wine out of my hand. <clears throat> but um, uh, for those of you who are Patreon supporters of any level, um, there is a new thing I spoke about on the show before that I was going to try and test in Italy and did not realize that... <clears throat> Cell phones do not work when you leave this country, really. So, um, at least mine. So, um, I just started using this lens app, which gives you like a view into like our day in the park. So it's like it's like Instagram stories or Facebook stories, if you're familiar with those. Just little 15 second videos that I've started to test out and try out. So um, they do disappear after 24 hours. So if you're a supporter and that's something that you just you know you might need a little pick me up every now and then i usually would recommend checking like wednesday thursdays or fridays there'll be little clips on there for people to check out stuff like why that. why don't you explain what patreon is for those who may not know um well it is a um a uh, site that we do that um if you would like to help the, uh, support the um the everyday costs of running the podcast um you can do that for um and receive some bonus content like behind the scenes photos videos early access to vlogs or some of our shows um and kind of just the randomness of things that we do sometimes that don't really have a place they'll kind of go there you can do this as a one-time payment you can do it as a recurring payment you can donate a dollar you can donate a hundred dollars it's your choice for however how however long however much for how little or as long as you'd like and you know and we appreciate that and the the people who do that and all that and appreciate everybody anyways either way too so yeah yeah, check that out. Patreon dot Patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash disunplugged. 
Patron. What did I say? Patron. 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 Um... What else? What else we have? We must have some housekeeping. It's been like a, a month and a half since we've done a show. I've tried the new frozen mint julep. There, I, I feel like this is. I'm going to plug this. This God, a purse just falls out of his mouth. <laughs> I had a day. Um. Now you understand why this. You know, rewind and listen to that. I tried the new frozen mint julep, and you'll understand why when we were out in Disneyland, I got him a parasol. And had the name the Lady Julep embroidered on it for him. Oh, I'm bringing that with me on the next trip we go too. Which that's- actually, that's something we should mention that some of us are going to be out in Disneyland next week. We are doing um, one of our projects. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, but uh, if you're in Disneyland next week, between the 22nd and the 29th, you might run into us. So, but go ahead with your mint julep. Oh, yeah, there is a new frozen mint julep uh, at Casey's Corner. And uh, Craig and myself and Sean went and we uh, tried that and saw the new purple wall. And I just ruined my rapid fire by accident. And uh, there's a vlog that will be released at some point in the next several days. Honey, your Instagram post ruined your rapid fire. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't help myself. When I find a Disney wall, I got to post a photo. Hashtag vanity. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> what else? What else do we have for housekeeping? Anything? Hmm. What about you, Steve? What you got going on there? Oh, I good. don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, chances are right now you're watching this. If you are watching live, if you're listening to this later, I apologize. If you're watching live right now, you're on YouTube. There's a good chance that some of you out there still aren't subscribed to our channel. Okay. We are... We just rolled over the 89,000, so only 11,000. We're trying to get to 100,000, yeah. to get that 100,000 mark, which is Is it a plaque? Something. Do we get a plaque? We, get we a playlist, do. Or yeah. not a playlist, a play button. Yeah. Uh, like a, a, a physical item that yeah. we yeah, can have, right? It'll be, we can hang it on the studio wall, oh. and it'll be the YouTube play button, and I think bronze for that Ooh, level, and it'll say yeah. Diz Unplugged. I think it's silver, right? Could be so. Hey, it's Whatever. It's not a million. <laughs> it's One something. Day. But we want, we would like it. So uh, if you haven't subscribed, you should share this with a friend, and then they should share it with ten friends, and then they should share it with ten friends. They might even call that the power of ten. Yeah. Might, might even. What a novel idea that was. Um, all right, uh, then let's uh, talk about what's in the news. Um, some interesting uh, developments. Uh, if you follow along with the drama Universal has had in regards to their acquiring of land. I want to give you a little backstory before we go into this. Um, in the time before Harry Potter, um, <laughs> the dark times, the dark times, as uh, Universal fans refer to them, uh, Universal was in bad shape. They owned a lot of land over on International Drive, and uh, but you know, times were not good. Uh, they just spent all this money on uh, Islands of Adventure. Nine uh, Eleven happened, and it took a huge toll. On the theme park business, Disney recovered quicker. Uh, Universal was struggling. Uh, they sold a lot of this land. And then, what was it, Craig, last year? I think it was last year. Uh, At some point or the year before the that. first purchase they, was 2015. 2015, yeah. okay. So they bought a lot of that land back. The it, land had been owned by uh, some some guy, Right. I don't remember his name, but there was, was some land, guy from Georgia. Some guy from Georgia had bought the land, and Universal wanted it back, and they got it back. However, there was a restriction on the land that it could not be used. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, the, there was a restriction on the deed that it could not be used, basically, for another theme park. Oh, yeah, and the yeah. one of the cool things about it is that. That restriction, and correct me if I'm wrong, Craig, but that restriction on that land was initially put out by Universal themselves. No, correct me if I'm wrong, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I, I really. <laughs> can, can we say that? Like, yeah, just get a circle around like, Well, Craig yeah. is the Universal expert in yeah, the room. Yeah. Well, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I am. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Craig. Um, uh, yeah, Universal was the one who initially wanted those restrictions on the land before they had purchased it. Back. Yes. So they kind of. 
Um, so they shot themselves in the foot is what yes, you're saying here? Yes. That's really interesting, That's too. Like, so well, it was sold to this one guy that they then bought. Right. This guy's name is, uh, I have it now, uh, Stan Thomas from uh, SLRC Holdings. Um, and that restriction was on the deed. Um, Universal, I believe, I don't know this for a fact, but Universal kind of pulled the Disney when they bought this land back using a third-party company to buy it mm. um, without them knowing that it was, in fact, Universal that was buying it. And this guy was kind of pissed. So uh, he filed a lawsuit basically saying that uh, he still was able to exercise a ban on theme parks as part of this private deed restriction. Um, and so uh, apparently last week, this suit was finally settled. Um, and in part, uh, in, in part of settling that, Universal had to disclose that, in fact, they did have plans. They do have plans to put another theme park on that property. This is 475 acres south of Sand Lake Road that they acquired. Um, and to put that in perspective, the Magic Kingdom is 100 acres. Okay, so you think about a theme park the size of Disney's Magic Kingdom at 100 acres. They have almost 500 acres of land here. Uh, they are, uh, and they also acquired another 100 acres, correct? In addition to that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, not only could they put a theme park, they could put two. But right now, Universal seems to be in hotel development mode. Um, we have Aventura opening uh, yeah, their later goal, this year. Their goal, I think it was before 2021, they wanted nine hotels property-wide, including those that are across the, the street, the new Endless Summer that's going to be opening up in 2019 and 2020. But uh, they... Is that not the stupidest name? Oh, or yeah, hotel no. complex that yeah. you've ever heard in your life. Oh, it, it's really, really bad. Um, I, Wasn't that a Beach Boys album? It, it was summer? a movie. It absolutely was, too. Yeah, Wasn't it a That's, movie, too, like from the 80s, yes. I think? Yes, it's Endless Summer. I get I get the vibes. <laughs> Rhino defended the vibes on it a little bit. You know, it's, it's anytime you go there, it doesn't matter what time of year, it will be an endless summer. So there like, is that to Let's be a little it, more creative. I mean, come on. <laughs> My I, thing is we live on the sun here and i don't want to be reminded of it but i guess if you're somebody coming from michigan yeah. imagine being like oh we're going to a resort where it's endless you know you're leaving a snowstorm for that so it's, mm-hmm. i get it i guess um i'm gonna actually uh break this conversation for a second i just got a text from uh, jeff uh jeff alves uh one of our good friends that henry landworth the founder of give kids the world passed away today oh, um no. he is uh he was 91 years old Oh, wow. Wow. Um, if you don't know his story, um, I would uh, highly recommend that you spend some time looking into it. This uh, uh, was an amazing story that this man has, a life that he led um, that ultimately brought him to uh, found the Give Kids the World village. Um uh, his uh, ex-wife Pamela uh, is the has been running it for many years because uh, he's been in fail, he's been in frail health yeah. for a while. But uh, that's that's a sad it's a sad bit of news. Um, just just hearing about that now. So uh, thoughts and prayers to his family, and uh, uh, really encourage people to find out more about the life this man lived because. Uh, he really, it really is an inspiration. His story alone is inspirational, but certainly, what has come from his work has been has been really inspirational. So, just wanted to uh, just wanted to put that in in there. So, um, kind of <laughs> messed the vibe up. I just, I really wanted to bring the room down really quick if yeah. I could. But ninety one years, that is a, years a, a nice long life. He accomplished a lot, and I hope to live that if, long. If you haven't been to Give Kids the World Village either, like I went with um, Craig, Craig Kathy. and Kathy. Not with me. No, I didn't go with you. I just no. talked to you all the time. <laughs> Kathy and I went, and I, it is an incredible place. So I do really urge you, if you're somebody who can get here frequently, or maybe you live in the area or something like that, it is definitely worth setting a, a, a Aside some time seeing like maybe about volunteering but it is it is in 
it's it's just an amazing place. And it and is. to that point about volunteering, um, there's a whole there's a whole group of people that uh, they call it volunteerism. Mm. They come down on vacation, they take one day out of their vacation, and they go over to give kids the world, and they volunteer. Uh, so it's a great way to give back, uh, and a great way to see the village and be part of what makes it what it is. If you're not familiar with Give Kids the World, uh, it's an organization that um, when a child dealing with a life-threatening illness makes a wish to a wish-granting organization like Make-A-Wish and says they want to go to Disney World, Make-A-Wish sends them to Give Kids the World. And this is not just a housing development. This is an entire village designed to create um, a whole experience. They work in conjunction with Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, many area attractions. Um, uh, a lot of them, uh, Disney and Universal in particular, I know, send characters over to the village for the kids. Um, just the housing that they have there um, is designed for the families to be together, but also these, these, these condos really is more what they are. They're like townhouses are built with the uh, ability to have medical equipment and whatever kids may need while they're there. Um, there's a, you know, an ice cream shop that's, you know, they, 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 one of their big things is ice cream for breakfast. They're also, they had announced this and Henry was at that. They were redoing the ice cream par parlor and it was to honor him. And he was there for the ceremony. So now when it's completed, you know, it'll honor Henry. But Exactly. So... Um, just an incredible, incredible work that is done there. We've been very active in raising money for them for quite a while now and will continue to be. Um, but sad news. Yeah. Sad news nonetheless. But learn more about Give Kids the World, gktw.org. Um, and you can read about Henry's story uh, there as well uh, as the mission of, uh, uh, of Give Kids the World. So, um, all right, let's go back to what we were discussing before that, that came across. Um, and Rhino, you were talking, you were saying something. Was it about a mint julep or purses? Or? Not a universal. <laughs> they don't get those there. I don't know. <laughs> what was, well, what uh, were we saying? I'll just circle back around because, you know, we're going to, I'm sure we're going to get a little bit more into the possibilities of what all they could create on this land. But one of the big things with the announcement of endless summer too is how aggressive they're getting now with their pricing for their hotels oh, because yeah. a standard room at the resort will cost $73 starting at $73 per night for a standard and I think it was 117 for their for like the suite family right? suite yeah which is just that's absolutely insane yeah, granted you're on the other side of the I-4 and you'd have to either walk or take a bus to get to the parks. But for that price point, that's... I think it's genius too because uh, that they went into the hotel game first before the theme parks because they they know okay we don't have this the the ability to hold people for a whole another park. But also they know the the smart move is like obviously it's going to be super busy here when Star Wars opens and it's not for everybody but Disney will be this will have this spike that it hasn't had in a long time um i mean it's always busy but you know what i mean it'll be this extra surge that now let's say all the disney hotels are full and you've got a $100 uh universal suite that you're like well i've never been to universal might as well do harry potter and star wars like well i mean also think about the uh Think about the narrative that we hear all the time about how expensive Disney is getting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now you have Universal up the street saying, hey, yeah. you know, here we have this great new hotel uh, for $100 a night, let's say. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. And I mean, already we've seen a trend over the last few years in particular of the split stay mm -hmm. of, you know, people doing a few days at Disney, a few days at Universal. And the more aggressive Universal gets with these hotels, the more of them they open, the more aggressive they are with this pricing point. I wonder at what point does that tip the scales and force Disney to start adjusting their pricing? How much business has to be siphoned off? That's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because Disney's now pushing their off-site locations, trying to get that 
quantity of rooms. And they're, I don't want to say they're old, but they're not as spiffy and new as what Universal's building across town. And the price is a lot cheaper. So I think you're going to see a lot of people tempted to make the switch across town that they might not have ever done before. Well, and also, uh, while Universal has not still formally announced their opening a third gate, what they have said about that land is that it is going to be dining, shopping, recreation, and uh, hotel rooms. Um, so there is, but still, even that, like how many more hotels you said they, they want to be at nine by the end of 2021. Yeah. And I think it'll keep going up for there, especially in that area. Think about how many hotels there currently are that are being populated by mostly foreign travelers. I mean, once you get closer down to the convention center, you get the conventioners coming in and staying there. But up on that side of I drive, it is a bunch of foreign people who are usually staying for a couple weeks who need to be in a, in a attraction area, but with good prices. And that's where this, this comes in. If universal is plopping down hotels that, keeps them in technically the universal bubble but they're also in this area and at the same price point as the others they might be able to start converting people to their theme parks even more or spending money at their stores spending money at their restaurants so uh, the more they can invade this area the the more they can push their brand and let's not let's not uh underestimate the value of who their hotel partner is in these properties it's lowe's hotels and I bring that up because uh, Lowe's, the service level at Lowe's hotels are outstanding. I've stayed at many of them in New York, out in California, certainly the ones here. And it is obvious how good the service is. And I will, not taking a dig, but maybe I am, uh, mention that they're not staffed by temporary help. They're not staffed by college program students um and you know i talk about that all the time that you know the amount of reliance disney has on the disney college program to staff all these frontline positions it's basically cheap labor for them um and you kind of that's you know you get what you pay for whereas these universal hotels are staffed now uh, you know with with full-time presumably full-time people that are not college program, that are not temporary help. Um, you also have a, a, a company in Lowe's that knows what they're doing when it comes to hotels. They run incredibly good hotels. So again, so it also kind of circles back around to the point, where's the tipping point here? How many hotels before Disney really has to start not just adjusting their price point, but adjusting their policies. Now with, you know, Galaxy's Edge getting ready to open next year, Toy Story Land coming this year, there's definitely going to be an influx. But, you know, is, you know, are we going to see overflow from that going to the Universal Hotels? You know, uh, I, I think there's just a lot of, a lot of possibility here. But Steve, go ahead. Uh, I just kind of popped in my head, but we talk a lot about problems with crowd control and how bad the crowds are at Universal, well, especially Walt Disney World, with all these value opportunities coming in. So value hotels at Universal and probably Disney maybe then reacting and lowering their value prices is a competition. Is that going to then further the problem that we already have with crowds in that even more droves of people can afford to come again? It's it, it, they can it, afford the hotel, but can they afford the Disney ticket for yeah. all four people oh, in yeah. their family? Yeah. Like that's you know, yeah. well, <laughs> it's yeah. just part of the equation, right? Yeah, might be interesting if the hotel starts becoming the cheapest part of planning your Disney yeah. vacation. That's crazy. If your airfare and your theme park tickets are actually more expensive than what you're spending on the hotel, um, but I think there is you know I we we've gone round and round for a long time speculating about what a third theme park mm -hmm. could could look like. I always said it should be a Nintendo theme park. I don't believe it's going to be at this point. They seem hell-bent on making it a land 
I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. I think a Nintendo themed theme park would have been great. Um, but what do you think, Craig? What do you think they're going to do with a third gate? It's going to be all over the place. I I couldn't pinpoint it. There will be something Nintendo in there. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Do you think they'll have something in Universal Studios, Orlando, and something in a third theme park? Yeah. Yeah, the same way they have the Harry Potters in two-part. True. The Harry Potters. Yeah, I... (laughs) Is that like the internets? Yeah. (laughs) They're going to... They're going to recycle their brand properties. They, you know, it's it goes around and comes around on it. I am one of the people who believes that when they open up a third gate, they will have Jurassic World in it because they've kind of I think so too. They've kind of pinpointed themselves in Islands of Adventure. They have Jurassic Park, but it would start. Yeah, but their relationship with Spiel, their relationship with Spielberg today is not the relationship they had with him twenty yeah, years but ago. Spielberg is such a small part of Jurassic Park now that it's he still gets a t- just, he still gets a piece of the gate yeah but it's it's their property so it's i they're going to i think they're going to go with something Jurassic World too because as long as they're still making movies on that they're going to ride it out um and they're they're just going to keep recycling don't they have the to respond franchises. don't they have to respond to Star Wars i eventually Nintendo will so, you think you think Nintendo would be strong enough to respond to Star Wars? I think probably almost an equal amount of people have played some type of video game in their life as watch Star Wars. So a lot of people have seen Star Wars, but I just know based on when we put up Star Wars videos, our fan population, our, our listening listeners, viewers, they don't seem to react well to a lot of Star Wars stuff. Which is very surprising to me because I thought that the nerddom would kind of carry over from Disney to Star Wars, like it all just fits in. But I don't. I think the movies are extremely popular. They're extremely huge. Obviously, that's you put one out, it's crossing the billion dollar mark every single time at this point, unless they start making truly bad movies. But I think that also comes down to a lot of people going out and repeat watching it over, seeing it five or six times, going out and spending thousands on merchandise. But I'll I'll counter that with uh, the narrative in the run-up to Pandora. Everybody was like, oh, this is going to suck because, you know, I either hated the movie or I never saw the movie or I don't care about the movie. (laughs) Ta-da! Look, you know, we have a very successful addition to Animal Kingdom. Um, and I think this is probably a good segue into one of the other stories we want to talk about um, in terms of whether or not people are interested in Star Wars. What? How is that opinion going to be formed after Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Land, opens next year? In particular what kind of technology they're going to employ, not just in the park, but also in the hotel that they're building, um, a Star Wars-themed hotel that will open up into that section of the park, and a patent that was filed recently by Disney uh, gave us a hint, possibly, of what they might do. Now, Charles, explain what this patent is and why you think it might be Something important. Okay. Um, whenever anybody talks about patents, you'll usually hear them mention, like, you know, the existence of a patent doesn't guarantee that it's going to be used somewhere. Per- this is not that. Personally, <laughs> they're going to use this in use some this. form or some capacity. I just, uh, I absolutely believe that it's really cool technology, but it also has a number of implications to it that could affect and your entire Disney hotel stay experience. Um, And we'll get into that. Let me just explain what the patent is about. It's about um, multimedia interactive hotel room shows. Now, technically, the technology could be used for any room with four walls, but the patent mentions over and over again, they're talking about hotels here. And with Galaxy's Edge coming, this can fit in pretty nicely with it. Uh, The patent was filed in October 12th of last year. It was published April 12th of this year. Um, So it's pretty new, but basically what it is, 
is it's a patent for in-room fully interact or uh, fully immersive shows, right? And if you know the the technology, the projection technology that they use at the parks when they do these different shows now, like Hollywood Tower Hotel and stuff like that, to like transform the outside of it. Mm-hmm. They do it on different. Cinderella Castle. Yeah. Um, well, imagine that in your room. And imagine that combined with sound, lighting techniques, fans, and a your TV or monitor or display so that while you're sitting in your room, you could have customized um, uh, a different array of in-room projections to transform your room into whatever is relevant for the kind of experience you want. So if you're watching a movie, um, the TV is going to show you that movie, but your room can be transformed into the setting of that movie. If a bird flies off that TV, projections can make that a, a bird fly out of your TV and land on the wall, right? Um, and lighting and sound and everything else is going to back this up. There are a cool, there are a few cool things that they mention when it comes to this. Uh, first of all, it can be controlled a lot of different ways, right? So maybe you pick a movie that you want to watch and you queue up this immersive story that your entire family can experience in the room. Um, that's one way, but they could also have a storybook on a bookshelf that you pick up, and the second you open that storybook or your child opens that storybook to read a Disney story, your room just became that storybook. Unbelievable. Right? Um, uh, the moon, because of lighting effects, a moon projected on the ceiling, all of a sudden, for like somehow it manages to light other things in the room. So everything, all these will work together to make it fully interactive. Now, a couple of the things Disney mentions in the patent, uh, a couple of implications for it, one of which is particularly cool to me and I think is going to be a game changer. But, um, you know, you could set it as an alarm so you wake up in a cool, different story. That's awesome. Or you could have bathroom projections to help your kids get ready and, like, get pumped up for the park day. But it also mentions room service. This blew my mind. This blew my mind. Um, And actually, before I get to that, because the room service thing is my favorite, but it... If you don't have a view from your hotel of a fireworks spectacular, they will, of course, be projected on your wall. Like, that's that's um, a given. The patent mentions it, but, of course, that that's a way they go. But, um, yeah, so if you're ordering room service, depending on what you want, where you want to eat, they can customize the meal uh, or customize the show for your room service meal. So if you want to be eating in a castle or you want to be eating in a little Italian village or any number of things... You can. And one of the things I love about that is, and why I think it's a game changer, is if you look at dining on property and around the property, um, room service is the last choice that most people want to go as far as like dining experience. Um, it's generally overpriced. The food, whether it's good or bad, is not the same as going to a Disney restaurant. Right. Room people. service is yeah. normally a, a meal of last resort. Exactly. But imagine, and once again, if if they get the technology out, the fully immersive Galaxy's Edge hotel thing, this this would absolutely blend perfectly with it. And they want Disney keeps stressing the immersion of it. But so imagine you go to a hotel room, and you know your friends have been to Galaxy's Edge, and you're like, oh, where should I eat? And they're like, oh, go here, go here, and go here. But you have to order room service. Why would I order room service at a theme park uh, hotel? Why? Because you can't leave property without experiencing the room service show, right? It changes something that nobody takes advantage of, room service, into an experience, an attraction in and of itself. That immediately takes money out of, uh, uh, of everybody's pockets. It become, it, room service could go from a never-do to a must-do just with things like this, just with and that multimedia projection. I, I want to I wanna point out a, a few things. That First, uh, the timing of this patent... Mm-hmm. Uh, along with the building of Galaxy's Edge and a hotel room, a hotel that is going to be fully immersive in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. So from the minute you walk in, there's a whole storyline. From the time you check in to the time you check out, you're put into a storyline, and the whole experience is going to be immersive, including, you know, when you go into your room, you're not going to have a balcony that overlooks the park. You're going to have a window that makes it look like you're on a you're on a, a ship on a, on a spaceship um so this is absolutely being filed for development with uh star with with star wars and galaxy's edge 
It also it solves another problem that we've been talking about before, which is um, people complaining that, and I'm not talking about Galaxy Edge here. If this technology is successful, it's just going to get used every new resort. But um, uh, pe people often talk about are Disney resorts still Disney anymore? Well, if you can retheme your room with projection technology to wherever you want, you can have a room where if you want it to look like a regular hotel resort. You can make it look. It's it looks like a regular hotel. If you want any version of Disney theming there, it immediately becomes the most Disney experience well, I, possible. I, I just want to point out, though, I want to point out that I, while I think they will absolutely use this across their uh, across all their hotels, it would be a class of room. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be every room. Yeah, yeah. Right. you would have preferred view. You know the way we have preferred view and and concierge and things like that. You know, we have the princess rooms and the pirate rooms. This would be a class of room. Mm -hmm. But I want to point out what Disney did on Disney Cruise Line. Because I think that's where this is going to, the genius of this is mm -hmm. going to be. Disney Cruise Line managed to make interior staterooms, inside yeah. staterooms, more expensive than Ocean View staterooms. Because they put a virtual porthole in inside, certain inside staterooms. That had a view outside the ship, and then like little Disney characters would come, you know, and you're seeing outside the ship in real time, but you would see like, you know, Mickey coming by and, you know, swimming by and different Disney characters and different interactive things happening on that screen. And normally inside staterooms obviously would be less expensive than outside staterooms yet, because the business model for Disney Cruise Line, as with their hotels, is the price is yielded. The more occupancy they have in a particular category, the higher the price goes. So when the inside rooms start filling up because everybody wants these virtual portholes, the price of those inside staterooms becomes higher than, let's say, a lower occupancy for an Ocean View stateroom. And that's what we saw happen, and that's what we will see happen with this. Go ahead, Steve. Well, and that perfectly overlaps with the fact that what Disney just announced is that they're building three new ships. So... That's probably going to be integrated. I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if that is integrated at least into one of those. There ships. is no question we're going to see another level of technology oh, yeah. with the new ships. They introduced the virtual porthole with the dream and the fantasy. Um, they are going to introduce new technology, and this could absolutely be a part of it uh, onto those ships. They ha oh, did I just lose my? No, I can hear you. Still. Oh no, my headset went. Okay. Um, yeah, this thing has a shortness. Um, they are absolutely going to introduce new technology into that, but uh, this—I mean, this is a guarantee right now because this—they filed a patent a couple of years ago. Since I've worked here, because we talked about it on the show once, it—it it wasn't. It was something very similar to this. It had to do with hotel rooms and it had to do with projection mapping. And the example they were using was reading a storybook, and that one with the kid. And this is that, like in a whole different. Level, so it's pretty much like this. Kind of confirms that this is definitively like the way of their future, and it just reminds me of a uh, Fahrenheit 451 a little bit. So it's it a little <laughs> weird when you start stepping into that science fiction future a little bit. You know, there was an article that just came out in Vogue magazine, and they interviewed Bob Iger, yeah. and he was talking about when his grandkids come and how he puts the projections up on the wall and on the ceiling, and Disney characters come. So. Do you think maybe he's testing this out at oh. home? It, it would not surprise me um, at all. Uh, I that, uh, read that article with him, and I was actually it, it covers a lot. But one of the things that he stressed is the, uh, or that he always stresses too, is that like uh, constantly readjusting the brand for like keeping keeping the same brand ideals, but readjusting it with new technology for for an increasingly demanding audience. And and to the point that we were making earlier, you know, I asked the question, what's the tipping point um, with universal hotel pricing that forces Disney to respond? Does this buffer them from having to do that? They have the patent on this technology. They are being very specific in where though that technology would be used, which would presumably prevent mm -hmm. other hotels from doing the same thing because it's mm -hmm. their patent. Yeah, um, and one of one of the problems when it comes to that too is that this uh, this patent isn't for let's say sp 
a specific, uh, specific, uh, specific, specific, um, te- uh, specific technical devices. It's not a patent on a, a machine that does this. It's a patent for an interactive system that does this. So if another company does want to use it, they're going to have some tricky legal adjustments to do to come across with anything similar. Well, what, what's the what's the uh, lifetime of a patent? Is it like twenty years or twenty five years or something like that? It's not, or is it a forever thing? Uh, no, they have to be renewed, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's like twenty or twenty five years before it becomes something, or it might even be less than that. But it's before the public can then right. start making. No, that I think you're thinking generic. about copyright. Yeah, I think you're thinking I, about copyright. You're not thinking about patents. Maybe I am. It's twenty years from the earliest filing date of the application on which the patent was granted. Thank you, Commander Data. <laughs> I know you were talking about a different class of rooms, but I can't. I'm, the, the entire time that Charles was talking, I just like saw a cartoon of Bob Iger's eyes with money signs like flashing. <laughs> out. Like, I, and I just feel like I'm really interested to He's see. Not working for Disney anymore by the time this happens. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, he, he said that like four years ago. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, so. I'm just interested to see how much more these rooms are really going to go. All right. We are, we are out of time for these two stories. I, I do want to get to the next topic before we go on a rapid fire. Um, and that is what? <laughs> Love the picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, as, as is the case uh, every year. Around, around this year, <laughs> I can't believe that picture. Um, uh, the uh, the drumbeat for when is free dining going to be released at Walt Disney World uh, is at a fever pitch on our boards and throughout social media. Uh, for those not familiar, um, every year historically, for many years now. Around the early part of May, Disney releases free dining, which is you you know buy a package um, at rack rate, and a dining plan is included. Depending on what resort, you usually get the regular dining plan, which is um, two uh, is one quick service, one table service, and one snack every day. Or you get the quick service meal plan, which is two quick service meals and one snack, correct? That's the only part I didn't write. Um, it looks like it's going to be, last last year it was values and moderates both got quick service. And the deluxes got the basic, which is one table service and one quick service and a snack. So in, in other words, basically you, your, meals are, your meals are covered. And, you know, that sounds amazing. And in the beginning... In the first few years they did this, it was actually a good deal. Oh, it was. Um, but years ago, Disney decided they really didn't want to do this. They didn't need to. This was a response to the downturn after 9-11 um, and then the recession um, that followed that. That was the response to that. And then they realized once they had fed the beast with free dining and its popularity that there was no way they could take it away. So they had to figure out a way to, you know, kind of keep the illusion of free dining and not really, uh, not really give away what they were given away before. So what we've seen happen in recent years, uh, number one, the availability of rooms under the free dining package is very limited. That doesn't mean that there aren't rooms at that hotel. So let's say, for example, you want to stay at Port Orleans Riverside. And you want the free dining plan. And you hear that there are no rooms available. Yet, if you go to book a regular package, magically, the rooms are available. They limit the number of rooms at each resort that they will do this free dining plan with. Also, at the same time that they release free dining, they also release a room-only discount. And more and more, over the past few years, if you took that room-only discount with the other elements of the package, if you paid for the dining plan, paid for your tickets, sometimes it's either the same price or less to just take the individual elements. So, none of that reason, none of those reasons have permeated the collective conscious of the internet regarding free dining. 
free dining is no longer a good deal because it isn't really free. You're paying rack rate for the room when there's a room-only discount. And most people will not eat the amount of food you can eat on a dining plan. Now, maybe it's better with the quick service. I don't know. But what happens is people go into a tizzy every year about free dining. And when it's released, (laughs) it is the ninth circle of hell. (laughs) If you are in... It's horrible. It's horrible. If If you are in the business of booking these vacations, which I'm part owner in Dreams Unlimited Travel, and I know what my agents go through with that. I know what Disney's reservation agents go through with that. Seven hour waits... Uh, to get an agent on the phone. Oh, my God. Uh, computer systems that routinely crash. Um, and then after waiting, you find out that there's no rooms available. There's nothing available. And, you know, your clients think, like, what were you doing all day? It's I was on the phone trying to get you that discount. I was on hold. Yeah. <laughs> was on hold with everyone else. Um, but now, of course, we don't know what Disney is going to release. Uh, Latin, no, normally, uh, they release this in May, in early May, late April, early May, for uh, travel uh, between mid to late August into the end of September. Um, sometimes they will run this uh, also in um, the run-up to the holidays uh, in November, early December we've seen it. Um, but more and more, it, 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 the, the availability for it has become less and less. And the value of it has become less and less. So I want, I I just want to implore everyone to use just a little bit of math before they do this, before you insist you must have free dining, reverse engineer the cost of this, of this package. This year, I was going to say this year, they've also taken the rumors from a couple different sources have taken away art of animation completely. Not just, usually um, the Little Mermaid rooms are never involved in a discount. This year, no sweets. Uh, for the moderates, there's nothing going to be available at Port Orleans Riverside or French Quarter. So that takes out a big... Big chunk of rooms. Big chunk of rooms. And for the deluxe, there's not going to be any rooms at the Wilderness Lodge, the Polynesian, the Contemporary, and there might be some at the Poly Villa. So your really popular deluxe resorts it's looking and where are you hearing this from i've seen it on three different sites and okay two of them um are the ones that are the you know what's his name black he's always the one that he comes out and says this and everybody goes no it can't be it can't be and every year he's been right and he turns out to be right okay you know and he's was it last year that they they switched the date up everybody was waiting for it on a certain date and disney supposedly switched the release date because his thing was getting so much attention so (laughs) i've seen three different things all alluding to this yes and like what the dates are so it's going to be interesting what do we think what what is he speculating the dates are going to be uh let's see we have the end of august to September 29th, but then one of the other sites said August 2nd to the 29th. I think that's um, more likely to be true, actually. And um, 1124 to 1127, so nothing in October, and then 127 to 1223. Hmm. So, I, I, I'm having a hard time with 127 to 1223, but I think it might be very possible that you see in August, September, they are, they are really uh, soft for the summer. And August has become more and more challenging for them year after year. So I, I, I would not rule out the possibility that you see in August, uh, all of August and all of September on this. But we won't know until they actually release it, which, you know, if history is any guide, is going to be the first, sometime around the first week of May. Oh, no, 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 no. Next, next week, the 23rd or the 24th is the, the day that everybody's saying it's going to be most likely the 24th so we can all sit on the mm-hmm. edges of our seat waiting to see but i mean for months now we've been getting you know clients that 
we want to book the dates for free dining. Well, we don't know. We don't know until the day it's released what it is. And can I just say all the dreams agents are on the phone. They're sitting at their desk at like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning waiting to see if it's come online or they're on the phone at 7 o'clock when it first starts. Trust me, we're working our butts off to make sure our clients get free dining. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. And those are 16-hour days for you guys. And that's more than one day that they're trying to make this happen. So, all right. With that, we are going to move on to rapid fire. And I will start with you, Mr. Boda. All right. Starting today, guests staying at select Walt Disney World Resort hotels can book their FastPass Plus reservations for Toy Story Land, which opens on June 30th at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Guests who are under 60 days from their hotel check-in can now book one FastPass Plus reservation at either the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster or the Alien Swirling Saucers, and two additional FastPass Plus reservations at any attraction outside of Toy Story Land. These FastPass Plus reservations are subject to availability, and it is highly recommended to book them as soon as possible. Additionally, Disney's Hollywood Studios will be open for the extended hours of 8 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. for a limited time starting July 1st. There will also be daily morning extra magic hours and weekly evening extra magic hours for resort hotel guests. So, that's stuff I said. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you, Charles. Steve? Okay, so begrudgingly, I'll I'll tell you that uh, unfortunately, the Incredibles two sneak peek will be coming to uh, Walt Disney Presents. This means that the the One Man's Dream film will be going away again, <laughs> um, and it's also they're going to be uh, bring the preview to the Sunset so sh- Sunset Showcase, <laughs> mm-hmm. seashell seashells or whatever. Um, at uh, in Disney uh, Disney's California Adventure. So, and that will be on May 18th. So, I just hate when they put these previews in. It's the whole first 10 minutes of the movie, isn't it? Yeah, well, one, it spoils the movie. I know, I agree. And two, it, you don't actually get the full experience at One Man's Dream. Yeah. But don't they bring it back? Like, when they take this preview away, you'll get to see yeah, it but, again. but there are full... Oh, then be quiet. This is for... We're not taking it away forever. Yeah, but, okay, so that's fine <laughs> for annual pass holders, but there's people that come here on vacation that want to see that film. So they don't get to, like, they don't always get to pick, they're not going to pick their vacation around One Man's Dream. Yeah, most I, of I the agree. time I'm in there, I see people, as soon as they see, like, what there's a movie they walk out five five more minutes to wait for it where's the closest exit mm-hmm. please <laughs> and that is a little bit more accurate to what happens there <laughs> well, i'm super a- thrilled about incredibles too so <laughs> this is like my for one sure. stand this that is, i will make is th- like- yeah this is steve's i'll stay mission just steve. yeah, yeah yeah i got your back steve i that's a okay so you what you're gonna be go Locked arms, the three of you marching through Hollywood Studios sure. singing We Shall Overcome. I yeah. mean, <laughs> Maybe. We'll just be the only three in the seats when they bring One Man's Dream back. If Kathy goes with you to this, you have to go with her when they tear down her figment ride. <laughs> just, just, oh, jeez. Just, just know what you're getting yourself into, Steve. <laughs> All right, Steve. Thank you, Kathy. Okay. In sad news, the gentleman who did the um, voiceover work. Speaking of the death of Figment. What a horrible segue I just made by by accident. I'm so sorry. The voice of Dreamfinder has died. Now how do you feel? I feel pretty terrible about that. God rest his soul. Yes, he was 83 years old, and I wanted to make sure, so I listened to the um, YouTube video. It is the, the music that you hear as you go through the attraction. So he did a lot of other voices, and in case you didn't know, Billy Barty, the little gentleman, was the voice of Figment. Was he really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, so you you can think of that as you're doing it. But this gentleman was 83 years old. Like how she says, Billy Barty, the little gentleman. Because it's little people. I didn't want to say dwarf or whatever you not supposed to say yes you're not supposed. i don't want to say the word (laughs) i'm going to say the word i'm not supposed to say okay but he also did many famous voices (laughs) he did i'm cuckoo for cocoa puffs in 1962 he also had voice roles in ducktales the powderpuff girls adventure time the garfield show iron man fantastic four gi joe and half half a lump in the new adventures of winnie the pooh so think of this gentleman he was 83 sad sad 
So who will do the voice of Dreamfinder when they bring it back? Me. <laughs> Since he was also a close friend of Hugh Hefner and a regular at the Playboy Mansion. Oh, wow. All right. Was he really? <laughs> he was there to watch those old movies. <laughs> well, there's, there's that. Um, all right. Thank you, Kathy. Julie. Um, Daisy Duck has joined Minnie's Beach Bash Breakfast uh, at Cape May Cafe. The end. <laughs> I hate Daisy Duck. Why? How? Why? Because for me, she just has the most, like, un- like her voice is just so... It could be anybody. It just feels so... I don't know what it is. I'll tell you right now. She's a floozy, and I don't care for her. <laughs> I have. I don't know what it is about Daisy, but she annoys me so much. I don't like Minnie that much either, though, so I'm, I'm just going to tell you. Oh, my God. So if you're doing the math, are you a Rhino doesn't like women. Yes. <laughs> we love... were already aware of that. Well, we, we, you know, any question about that was solved when he said, there's a new Frozen Matula. <laughs> Um, I like Judy Hopps, all right? So there's a female character I like. Oh, you like the poor beaten down woman. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you, Julie. Got more out of that rapid fire than I thought we were going to. (laughs) Sorry. And now Rhino has a little something special to share with us today, doesn't he? For his rapid fire. I do. Should I I cue the video? Well, tell us what your... what your rapid fire is, and then show us the little video you created. Okay, so uh, just an update in case you hadn't heard yet. The uh, Purple Wall is back. Explain to people what the Purple Wall is, please. Um, Well, it is this wall that it started in Disneyland with their blue wall, where people on Instagram just started taking pictures in front of it and hashtagging Purple Wall, Blue Wall, there's a bubblegum wall. It became a, a, so, a social media thing. Yeah. Is what he's saying. Yeah. And so now there's this whole Disney walls thing. And um, I can't wait to go to Disneyland and get my picture in front of all of them again next time. Cause I do it every time now, but um, they just, uh, so Disney is on to this trend, which spoils it a little bit. Cause it was like a fun little, like, Oh, let me tell you about this social media game that we do. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, you know, Disney put out the merchandise that said like, find me at the purple wall and everything. And then, uh, a couple weeks ago, they painted it white all of a sudden. So people were like, what is happening? And uh, it turns out they were just kind of repainting the purple side. And um, they were adding white. And now there's this piece, if you look in this photo, the transition I'm piece. I'm sorry, but look, white men can jump. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for those listening, um, the picture Rhino is showing is of Craig uh, jumping in midair Quite in front high. of the new purple wall. Um, oh, but, trust me, uh, it's like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> I make I make it look a lot higher. He, than he's tall, so all he has to do is tuck his legs up, yeah, <laughs> and it shows height. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's just a fun little. If, if you want to know where it is, it's as you go into uh, Tomorrowland. It's between um, where the um, Tomorrowland Terrace is and the Monsters and Glafford. It's like on that curve around behind the uh, Blue Rocks, which we've decided we're going to do high school photos on next. Like a couple of these guys, Craig will hold me from behind, like rap prom. <laughs> like prom photos. Yeah, yeah. I got a little. We got a little video now. This Rhino is had the, to make a video of this. This is the uncopyrighted version of this video. So if you want to see the original song I used, I would check out our Disney Facebook page. This one is just a fun little little peek in our day here. So. Nothing like seeing your fat move in slow motion. <laughs> I'm surprised the both of you didn't give yourselves black eyes. Um, well, those are the best takes. That's all I'll say. So. Um, for, for, and for those listening, uh, this was a slow motion video of Craig and Rhino jumping. Um, Look for more of these but in the future. The, the original version of this, which actually led me to have him put this in, was with a Barry White soundtrack. <laughs> so, so you need to go check that out. Yeah. Uh, we didn't want to put that in the show, but... 
Um, you put that up separately? Uh, it, it, I, I used it as on Twitter as a, a why are we jumping for joy because it's the Tuesday show. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to put it on Facebook as soon as the show uh, is done recording. You can check out. So Facebook.com slash Disunplugged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you ever pass away, that's going to be used on your memory. Oh, don't worry. I'm, real. I'm separating myself from that to make my own little video. And I have a GIF of Craig um, just in air doing this that's slightly moving, if anyone's interested as well. <laughs> I think that should be a gift for Patreon yeah, subscribers. That's where I'll put it up there. There you go. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you for that, Rhino. Craig. Okay. Fairfax Fair over at Hollywood Studios will begin testing a breakfast menu on April 22nd, including hot oatmeal, uh, loaded scramble eggs, uh, breakfast on a bun. <laughs> Fresh baked goods, yogurt, <laughs> fresh. Basically, they're going to serve breakfast foods. Can you say scrambled eggs again? Scrambled eggs. Okay, all right. You said it. What did me. I say? You said loaded really scrambled eggs. You were like loaded, lo- scram- loaded scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. <laughs> I don't know. You just I, said it funny. But... I might have. It's... You tickle me sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another episode of The Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a great week. Bye.